You are listening to From the Beginning. I'm Jen Dudley, here with my co-host, Griffin Caprio. This is our podcast about the people behind your favorite podcasts and how they got started. Today, we're speaking with Andrea Klunder from the Creative Imposter Studios. She is also the producer and host of Podcast Envy. We had a really great conversation with Andrea about how her experience as a yoga studio owner led her into podcasting, how one podcast grew into two and then into a full podcast production studio, and her thoughts on the recent boom in podcast popularity. So to get started, Andrea, if you can tell us a bit about yourself and what you're working on these days. So I am a podcaster, first and foremost, obviously, and I started out producing a show called The Creative Imposter a few years ago, and since then have gotten so enamored with and ingrained in podcasting and in the industry and also in the craft of making podcasts that it has expanded into the Creative Imposter Studios, which encompasses both the original show and a show called Podcast Envy, which is all about the craft of podcasting, as well as a mentoring program for high school students and a show called Power Your Story, and now also podcast production, mentoring, and editing services for individuals and organizations who want to make a podcast that matters. Nice. And now that we have a bit more of an understanding of where you are now, I'd like to, I'd like to jump back a little bit to early 2015 when you had just gotten started with the Creative Imposter podcast and hear more of that story from the beginning. I'm glad you remember what year it started because I have a hard time sometimes remembering. So I have a varied background that led me, I think, to this point, even though throughout all the twists and turns, I didn't see that it was leading me to this point. And in some ways it makes sense and in some ways it doesn't make sense. But I grew up studying and performing music. I was a music major originally in college and vocal performance, and I was an actor and had a quarter-life crisis in college where suddenly I hated the music program. I hated what I was studying. None of it was making sense for me. There was no... It just felt like work. There was nothing joyful about it, which sucked because it was what I wanted to do my whole life. And it was my whole identity was singing and being a performer and music. And so when I hit that that bump, I knew I did not want to continue down that path, but I had not a clue as to what I would do other than that. So I switched my major probably officially three or four times, but probably about 10 or 20 times in my mind over the next year and ended up settling on a degree in what at the time in the late 90s was called broadcast and cable production, which I don't usually call it that because that sounds (laughs) very dated. But it was basically a mass communication degree with an emphasis in film and video production. And everything was very Like I never learned digital editing. Everything was very manual. We were actually cutting 16 millimeter black and white silent film with a splicer and then gluing it together with film cement. So it was very hands on and and not at all ready for the digital age. So that was my degree. And I thought maybe for a while that I was going to be a filmmaker at some point and moved to Chicago, 
surprise at that time in 2000, early 2000s, there was no, there were no film jobs. That wasn't a thing. So I ended up getting back into performing and somewhere along the line, I decided to learn how to teach yoga because that was a thing that I was doing. And then I started my own business, which was a yoga studio, and I ran the yoga studio for five years. So that was my first foray into entrepreneurship. And you're thinking, like, what does yoga and owning a yoga business have to do with podcasting? Well, I did that for five years. And the only reason it was only five years was because running a storefront business in Chicago with an actual brick and mortar facility is really hard. Like, the first couple of years were fairly easy. Starting was easy, but then trying to figure out how to make enough money to survive, not so easy. <laughs> and after five years, I ended up completely exhausted. I was just starting to break even, but what that meant was that I had a huge ton of credit card debt and personal debt to family members who had loaned me money for the business. And I could not see how to dig myself out of that hole at the rate that I was going. And so I had to shut down the business. And then I was at my next identity crisis of now I'm bankrupt. I'm exhausted. I have no job. I have no business. I'm not a yoga studio owner. I didn't feel like teaching yoga anymore. I was depressed, like legitimately depressed for the first time ever in my life. And I did not know what to do next. I just wanted to stay in bed and hide under the covers. And there was nothing that sounded right. Like putting my resume out there and trying to get a new job sounded horrible. Trying to figure out how to start a new business with zero dollars <laughs> also sounded horrible. And I couldn't even figure out what that new business would be. And the only thing that I really knew at that time that was interesting to me was I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I call it my podcast therapy. And what was interesting about listening to podcasts is that I would imagine the whole world of the podcaster. So whatever that podcast was about, if it was a holistic lifestyle podcast, or if it was a yoga and meditation podcast, or if it was an entrepreneurial podcast, whoever was on that show, I could envision their whole world and their whole lifestyle. And I could see these communities that other podcasters were creating. And I could see some podcasters who had a whole business, the hub of which was their podcast, or at least that's how it felt to me at the time listening. And this little thing popped into my head where when I had the yoga studio, I had actually done a business coaching with a woman named Kimberly Wilson, who was a yoga studio owner and entrepreneur, podcaster, like she does 5 million different things, which is how I feel sometimes. And I had done a business coaching with her and she had told me back then that she recommended I start a podcast because when you have a brick and mortar business with a physical location in a geographic space, you're limited. Even though Chicago is a huge market, you're still limited to the people who are in that space. But once you have a podcast, this opens you up to an infinite possibility of people to connect with and potential customers and potential clients. That is, if you're offering, you know, some kind of services or products or something that aren't tied to your geographical location. And so she was just saying how it completely opened up her business when she started doing it many, many years ago. I did not follow her advice immediately because the last thing I needed to do was add this whole new podcasting thing to my plate when I was already overwhelmed. And I had not a clue how to do it. But now, now that I had no job, no business, no money, 
this bound back into my mind. And I was like, oh, I could probably do this. I have my background in media and communication. I have a background in entrepreneurship. I know about performance and voice and things like that. And so I just kind of started stitching together the pieces. And I was like, I don't know how to start a business with a podcast, but I think I can figure out how to start a podcast. Let me just start there and see what happens. And so it just kind of started to, I mean, I will say that from the time that I decided to start a podcast to the time that I actually launched was about a one year period because I was DIYing everything and relying on sometimes outdated online tutorials to figure things out and really kind of scrounging my way (laughs) through. But then a year later, I had a podcast and then everything started to grow from there. You know, it's cool to hear more of the backstory of how you got started with the creative imposter, especially because three years in, it can seem like, well, surely she always, you know, knew what she was doing with this. And that's something that listening to the podcast, though, I really appreciate because you get to hear snippets of your story as you're talking to some of your guests. And, um, In a recent episode, you had said something about podcasting being a way for you to have gotten your voice back, and that's something um, I'd love to hear more about. Yeah, yeah, because I, so that was the theme, right? So the show is The Creative Imposter, and sometimes people know what that means immediately, and some people are like, that sounds interesting, I don't know what that is. So it's built around this idea of imposter syndrome, which was something I had never heard about until I started listening to entrepreneurial podcasts. And then sometimes you'll hear it on different shows of people talking about this thing called imposter syndrome. And when I first heard that phrase, I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. I'm glad I don't have that. (laughs) (laughs) Like It was some kind of horrible infectious disease. And I really, I really didn't think that it was an issue for me. So I kind of, you know, just let it slide by. But it kept coming up and it kept coming up and I kept noticing it. And the more I kept hearing about it, and it was kind of sticking in the back of my mind, I'm like, why is this imposter thing sticking in the back of my mind? What is this about? And I realized that it was exactly what I was going through, where I was thinking, well, I've always been a confident person. I've always been pretty confident. I've always, you know, felt like I have a fair amount of competence and talent, and I'm good at learning things, and I can figure stuff out. And Self-confidence has never been an issue, but when I hit this point of I don't have a business, I am not a yoga studio owner, I can't technically call myself an entrepreneur because I'm not <laughs> I'm not building anything or making anything or, you know, doing anything business related and, you know, when you go to a party or you're in a social situation or even a networking event and somebody says what do you do? That's like, you know, who are you? What do you do? Those are the first two questions people ask. I didn't have an answer. What do you do? I stay at home and try not to communicate with people because I feel depressed or I stay in bed under the covers. It's not really a valid answer (laughs) at an event. And I didn't know how to define myself without having a job or a business or a career that I was actively doing. And so being able to say, oh, I'm creating a podcast, 
suddenly gave me something that I could start to dig back into. And it wasn't a business yet. It wasn't making any money. And so it wasn't like saying, like defining myself or my job, but it was just more like, this is the thing that I'm working on. And I realized that I had during that period of depression, and even when I had the yoga studio and I was hustling and I was working really hard, but not succeeding at the rate that I wanted to be succeeding, I just felt very out of sorts with who I was. And I was making choices and living a lifestyle that didn't feel like me. Like I was promoting a healthy lifestyle, but I myself was not living a healthy lifestyle because I was working so hard and stressed and not sleeping and not eating right and things like that, not feeding my you know, relationships. And so the podcast really gave me time to be more self-reflective. It gave me something to sink my teeth into creatively and gave me an opportunity for self-expression, which is a huge value in my business in terms of really being able to look at the reality of my situation and what led me from here to there. And then by expressing that story and sharing that story and sharing how I was processing things and how I was dealing with things, it kind of got me back to feeling more like myself and also being able to connect with listeners in a really authentic way who've had similar, maybe not like starting and closing a yoga business, but who have at times felt really out of sync with their own identity. Yeah, it was pretty amazing to hear kind of the experiences that you had with regards to, you know, moving down entrepreneurship. I, I remember the first time I told somebody I was an entrepreneur and they tilted their head and they said, oh, so you couldn't find a job? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I need a better explanation for, for what I was doing. Yeah. And so, you know, how did you go from kind of the podcast into kind of the other businesses surrounding the podcast? Yeah. So like many things, I start doing one thing and then suddenly things start to happen and I respond to the things that happen. So I started the creative imposter. I had no idea how to turn that into a business or how to make money off of it. I vaguely knew that sometimes people have sponsors, but the research that I had done showed that you needed to have way more people downloading and listening to your show than I had. I didn't know how to get that many people listening to my show. And so that didn't seem really like a valid way to go about doing it for me. And I was working a bunch of part-time jobs at the same time, teaching a little bit of yoga and meditation here and there, just trying to figure it out. And people started asking me questions about podcasting and started asking me or saying, yeah, I've really been thinking about starting my own show, but I would not know how to begin or what do I what do I need to do to start one or just kind of asking for advice or tips or resources and I found myself giving a lot of the same advice and answering a lot of the same questions and I was like wait a second hang on I should probably getting be getting paid to tell people this kind of stuff and offer this kind of advice and coaching so I came up with this idea. And I was also working with, at some point, I, I had made enough money from my part-time jobs and teaching work to start working with a business coach in part of like a group mastermind program. And so I started thinking about how to take the things that I know and the skills that I've learned and turn them into products and services. And one day on The Creative Imposter, I just started saying hey, if you would like to start your own podcast, I can help. Please contact me and we'll set up a consultation. 
And the funny thing is, somebody contacted me and said, hey, I would like your help creating my own podcast. And then I was like, oh, crap. I don't (laughs) (laughs) now you have to figure it out now I have to figure it out and you know she's like you know we had our consultation and she's like so what does it cost and I I didn't know (laughs) it's like I don't have a price because I didn't think anyone was actually going to say yes and so then she was my guinea pig or we joke that I called her my guinea pod I figured out a price that worked for her and we launched her show And I learned a lot from that process of coaching someone. And so I have just kind of been building off of that experience. And what I also learned is that some people want to start their own show, but they have no interest in learning how to edit, which is something that I actually really enjoy doing. And so it never occurred to me that someone would learn how to podcast and then not want to edit their own show. So then I was like, well, hmm, could I edit other people's shows? Yes, I could. And so I started doing some research into what do other people charge for editing and just kind of started doing that. And it's really hard to kind of trace the steps of how it has grown. But I think it's the combination of just putting it out there and saying that I'm a resource and that I can help adding a dollar amount to that and then sort of creating the framework around that and becoming more confident with those skills. The more you help people get started, you learn different problems and roadblocks and stumbling points because each client that I've helped has had something different that is their primary challenge. You know, like one person might have the tech already figured out before she ever even hires me, but she might be feeling a problem with feeling like an imposter or self-confidence and she needs help with that. One person may be very confident and have a very clear idea of where they're going, but they just totally are overwhelmed by the tech. Another person might have the tech, okay, I feel like I can learn that and I feel pretty confident, but I have a thousand ideas and I'm having a hard time narrowing it down, right? So each person has their own separate challenge. And the more that you help people with these challenges, you become more and more confident and you can kind of create more specific packages and services to help people. So now that you have the Creative Imposter Studios and you have the two podcasts, Uh can you talk a bit about the challenge of marketing that? Is this one business or is it two? And are you looking at it as a holistic brand? Do you feel like you have that piece figured out and know what it looks like moving forward? I mean, I think that's something that I'm always figuring out. It's kind of one of those things where you feel like you constantly feel like you need to update your website because every time you do an update to your website, you're like, oh, but now this is different. (laughs) And so it's like time to write some new copy or add a new thing or something feels outdated. And especially because I'm somebody who I don't just decide to do one thing and then just only do that one thing and then keep doing it forever. I feel like what I offer and what I'm doing and what I'm interested in is constantly evolving. And so I have to keep changing things. And right now I'm going through the process of When my primary podcast was, or when my only podcast was The Creative Imposter, and I have that background in meditation and mindfulness and yoga, people assumed that my business was coaching around imposter syndrome. And really, I have, (laughs) even though I've been doing a show about imposter syndrome for three years, I have very little expertise in trying to coach somebody through imposter syndrome. I have a lot of ideas about it and experience with it for my own self. And I also, you know, have learned a lot from the people that I've interviewed, but I would not say that I am a life coach or that, you know, 
I can do sessions like that. My expertise is really around storytelling and using audio as a medium for storytelling. And so that's why I created Podcast Envy is because I needed something that showcased that area of expertise and Podcast Envy became more of like the marketing piece. And so the coach that I'm working with now had really encouraged me to focus a little bit more on that specific angle. And we've been working on changing the copy of what's on my website and sort of moving away from the whole holistic yoga, meditation, mindfulness stuff that I've been wrapped up in to really be more focused on the storytelling and media production and podcast specific work. And it's an ever evolving process that I think is starting to make more sense. And when I started to think about how I could infuse the elements of the Creative Imposter podcast, because they, they, I envisioned the two podcasts a little bit differently. I never intended to do interviews on Podcast Envy. It was mostly just supposed to be me like spouting off my opinions about things. <laughs> but when I thought about, and my, my business coach had suggested to put the Creative Imposter on a little hiatus for right now because I have too much work on my plate and I'm getting overwhelmed. And she's like, why don't you put that on hiatus? And focus on podcast envy. And I was like, no, I can't. The creative imposter is my baby. I love that show. And I can't stop doing interviews because I love doing interviews. And she's like, do interviews on podcast envy. And I was like, oh, right. I can change how I do things because it's my show, right? <laughs> yes, you have the power. <laughs> I have the power. That's the great thing about not being beholden to a network or a media company or something like that is you are your own producer. You are independent. You can do things however you want. So I started thinking about what I loved about the creative imposter and infusing that more into podcast envy. And now I think I've got a really good working hybrid. And I will probably come back to the creative imposter in. I think late fall is what I'm thinking, but I want to sort of reimagine that show too and come back with something fresh and different. So I think it's still changing and evolving, but I'm getting closer to figuring out how to merge all the things I love and am interested in into a more cohesive brand. That's a fascinating kind of transition and, and evolution from, you know, definitely where we started the conversation in, in 2015 in the, in the yoga studio. And I think it's, pretty safe to say that you're looked at as a, uh, as a aspirational role model to several people in the, in the podcast community and the industry. How do you, how do you primarily interact with the larger podcast community? Oh, that's a great question. So I, <laughs> I'm laughing because, uh, as you know, we have podcast movement coming up this week. And by the time people are listening to this, probably podcast movement will already be done for this year. But, you know, the biggest conference of the year for podcasters, and everyone likes to joke that when you get a bunch of podcasters together, you have a whole conference full of introverts, which <laughs> you might not think because you might think, oh, but people have their own shows and they're talking to people all the time. They're probably naturally extroverted. But I think that podcasting actually appeals a lot to people who are more introverted, partly because you're usually, I mean, let's face it, you're usually sitting in a small room by yourself <laughs> and talking with somebody over audio only. Some people use video, but most don't. And I think that 
when you start talking about like the the industry at large and and networking, it's really interesting to see how people interact and form groups. And a lot of it happens online. And I've found that joining podcast specific Facebook groups has been a huge asset and and not just joining the groups, but putting yourself out there and commenting on people's things, congratulating people on things when somebody asks for advice, throwing in your two cents and trying to help people out and just really being an active member as an uh, being a resource and trying to to add value to the group is really important. Uh, I have a couple of groups that I really love. I love the She Podcasts group, which is only obviously for She Podcasters. And I love the Podcast Movement Facebook group that is attached to the conference. And then the other thing that has really helped is, well, there's two things. So going to the actual conferences has been great. This will be my third podcast movement. And then there's another conference in Florida that I've gone to twice called PodFest. And I picked that one, honestly, because I have friends that live in Orlando. So this gives me an excuse to go hang out with them and write it off on my taxes. (laughs) But I do go to the conference and I find that conferences again, are a great opportunity for interacting with other people in the industry, getting inspired, getting ideas, and meeting people who can help you out in your business or in your work as a podcaster. The third thing is uh, I actually have done some mentoring with Elsie Escobar, who is one half of She Podcasts. And Elsie is somebody who's been podcasting, I like to say, pre-iPhone. Uh-huh. So there's this whole you know, group of people who've been podcasting since before the iPhone ever existed. And those are the people who really, really, really know sort of the ins and outs of of the industry and the craft. And I did a mentoring program with her last year. And from working with her, she's really helped me to figure out what my gifts are within the niche of podcasting. Like, you know, great. So you have a podcast and it's going pretty well and you know what you're doing and you're kind of happy with that. And you're meeting these other podcasters, but like, what is it that makes you special as a podcaster? What are your real strengths and how can you help other people with those strengths? And then she's been a great resource for connecting me with other other people, other clients, other collaborators. And I think that all of those things, just really trying to make myself as much of a a resource as possible, both online and then in person at conferences, and then really looking at what my strengths are, all of that has led to opportunities like being able to be a featured speaker at Podcast Movement this year. And specifically, being a featured speaker in their brand new track, which is on like social impact and advocacy and looking at how you can use the medium of podcasting to really make a difference in society. And I think that's sort of a new concept that is being talked about a lot in the industry. And so because I've positioned myself within that niche, it gives me this opportunity to be able to speak specifically to that. So you've talked about the community of podcasters and making yourself available as a resource to people who are newly getting into it and also learning from veteran podcasters. Looking across that spectrum and where things are going with all of the increased attention, it seems like everybody, everywhere you look, people are talking about podcasting. (laughs) 
is there something that you feel is missing or that you're really looking to see in the future of the space moving forward? Yeah. So it's a little bit hard for me to succinctly put my finger on exactly what it is. It seems like everyone now is starting a podcast and even, you know, brands and corporations and bigger companies and organizations are starting their own podcasts. And that's actually something, I mean, like Trader Joe's has their own podcast and I'm actually working with the Santa Fe Opera right now, and we are in the midst of our first season of a new podcast that they're creating that is about diversity and inclusion and expanding the audience and expanding the artist base for the industry of opera, which is, I think, a really interesting thing. I worry, I'm both excited that more and more people and organizations and companies and brands are starting podcasts. And then I also worry that people are just starting them to start them because they feel like they should or they feel like it's the hot thing and individuals will start them and then abandon them because they will realize that it takes more time or is more work or it takes them longer to get the results that they think are possible from podcasting than what they might imagine it to be. So I feel like a lot of people get really excited. They start and then they do what we call pod fading, which is like you get eight episodes in and you're like, I'm not doing this because 20 people are downloading my show that I spent 12 hours making. (laughs) How am I ever going to make money off of this? When am I ever going to have time to do anything else other than making podcasts? And companies and brands will abandon them because they don't yet fully understand why they have a podcast or how to measure success or return on investment on something that is challenging to monetize, or maybe they're starting a podcast, not even to monetize it, or maybe they're not even 100% sure why they're starting it. And the other thing I see with organizations and brands starting podcasts is they'll have it, it'll sound amazing. They'll spend all of their money and resources on getting the right recording studio and having slick music in there and making it sound really slick and professional, but they haven't really thought that much about the storytelling aspect. And it's not interesting for people to listen to because they haven't focused on the thing that makes podcasting so amazing, which is the storytelling and the intimacy of connection with your listeners by having someone's voice who is representing your organization or your brand in their ears. So I think that it's both exciting that podcasting is is growing and expanding and is so hot right now. But then I also worry that it'll like fizzle out somehow, or a lot of people will get frustrated or they'll give up too soon. And so I'd like to see people really digging into the storytelling aspect, learning how to do it as a craft and make really high quality podcasts and be really clear whether you're an individual or you're an organization or a brand why you're making a podcast specifically and not like say a YouTube channel or something like that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's definitely interesting because the, the fact that it's audio, I think deceptively makes it seem like the bars is low right? in terms of what it takes to actually produce high quality content. Yeah. People are like, you plug in a microphone, you talk for a little bit and, or you do an interview based show and you just sit down with somebody and you just have a a casual conversation over coffee and record it and put it on the internet. And I'm like, well, (laughs) it's a little more to it than that. (laughs) 
But I was going to say, it was great talking to you, Andrea, and, and I really appreciate you uh, uh, being so honest and, and forthright in uh, you know some of the questions that we were asking. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is really cool. I'm, I'm curious to see, because I think you guys are trying to tackle a worthwhile problem, but one that hasn't quite been solved well yet. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a big challenge and I'm, I'm curious to see what you come up with and keep tabs on it. Yeah. Us too. It's definitely <laughs> one of those things where, you know, everybody who's newly jumping into something, uh, is very optimistic and in, in terms of, we're going to be able to do the thing that no one else has figured out yet. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll learn a lot anyway. You know, I think from from Jen and I standpoint, I think if you start with the people, mm-hmm. it's going to be very hard for us to go wrong. So uh, I think we, I'm, I'm pretty confident we can figure out um, something. Um, what that looks like, not 100% sure right now. So. Yeah, well, I think that you're definitely on the right track from the creator standpoint in terms of like thinking about the indie and the, the medium-sized shows and the storytelling aspect and and sort of like those relationship building things more so than just like straight up radio metrics, downloads, listens, numbers. I think it's it's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, and I, I think actually the interesting um, part, I don't know how much you follow kind of non-podcast media, but I think with everything happening with Google and Facebook, yeah, I think content creators, especially podcasters, have realized like, oh, uh, people that aggregate my content are not good for me. And so, you know, I think, I think you've got a lot of people looking Mm -hmm. for alternatives and open to kind of things and not just kind of the, you know, put it on, get eyeballs and and get ears and Um, hopefully best. And so I think, I think there's going to be a lot of experimentation and and a lot of alternative models uh, being tried out. Yeah, I think so too. So um, I think we're going to start to wrap up here. We definitely want to be, you know, cognizant of, of your time. What are the best ways for people to reach you and, and get in touch and learn more about you and the studio? Yeah, so my website is thecreativeimposter.com. You can spell it with O-R at the end of imposter or E-R. Both will work. Both are acceptable spelling. <laughs> and also, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Andrea Clunder on LinkedIn. I'm Andrea Clunder on Instagram. I am andreaclunder.creative on Facebook because I could not figure out how to switch my name to my brand page instead of my personal profile. Uh, But you can find me any of those places and definitely listen to Podcast Envy and The Creative Imposter anywhere that you're listening to this podcast. Wonderful. And we'll make sure that all the links and the the URLs that you just talked about are, are in the show notes. Thanks so much for chatting today, Andrea. Yeah, thank you. This has been great. And I mean, if you want to keep talking, you know, I'll talk for like five hours more about podcasting because I can't stop. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we'll definitely have to catch up again soon.